0: On the Leaders Who Care, 120th episode, I'm so grateful today to share this moment with uh, someone who is actually deeply passionate about sales and uh, have invested a significant part of his life of making a difference, making uh, um, a lot of um, changes and impact in the sales, uh, um, in sales overall, but also uh, learning from a lot of the mistakes that he made throughout And I'm really uh, uh, passionate to welcome Colin Mitchell, who is uh, a Vice President of Sales of Lydium, but also is a host of Sales Transformation Podcast, and uh, someone who is really uh, helping many other people around the world with their sales and their transformation. Colin, thank you for taking the time today and welcome on the Leaders Who Care.
1: Uh, thanks so much for having me. Um, you know, love love the mission behind what you guys are doing here, and you know, uh, honored to come on the show and and have a good conversation and hopefully add some value for your audience.
0: Thank you, indeed. Um, we're on a mission to bring together some of the most caring leaders from every sphere and uh, country and region from the world, which is uh, probably take uh, uh, until our lifetime. It's it's a long mission to to do, and and maybe we could. Uh, Uh, we need some really uh, uh, power to fulfill that but what's more important here is um, you are actually one of the first uh, uh, guests that is specialized in sales sales is so important to any business and whether this is service whether this is product and um, what got you into the world of sales in first place How, how did you decide to to be there
1: yeah, yeah, uh good question. So, you know, it, it, you know, the typical sales story is usually uh something like uh, went to school for this particular thing uh, and you know realized it didn't serve me too well, so I got a sales job. or uh, you know it went into this particular industry, found out I didn't love it that much, so I got a sales job, right? So kind of the the typical uh, story that you hear from many people who are in sales is they saw you know set, were set out to do something that didn't work out and, and sales was their fallback plan. Uh, but that wasn't necessarily the case for me. Uh, I actually grew up uh very poor uh raised by a single mom with three brothers and uh didn't go to college so i didn't have uh you know a plan a really there was no uh, there wasn't a lot of opportunities or doors open uh for somebody like me, so getting my first sales job was uh what was the only plan that I had, and I knew that I had to make the the most out of it so when I got that opportunity you know, I I did everything to make sure that I was successful. And, you know, early days, it was really just uh, working my butt off, right? Or First one into the office every day, last one out of the office every day, coming in on weekends. But, you know, that's easy to burn out. Uh, That will only take you so far. And then, you know, from there, I sort of advanced into sales leadership and then founding a a few different companies and having successful exits.
0: Wow. Uh, So you consciously made that and really uh, uh, you have uh, gone through this this journey working hard, then uh, progressing to sales leadership. I'm very curious about that difference from a a single sales quarter person to sales leadership. What is the difference and is it the major shift that happens when that occurs? Because people may be very good sales quarter carry. Leader or person, but but not necessarily be very successful of leading other salespeople.
1: Ah, uh, you're 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 so right about that. Uh, so, you know, leadership in general is not for everybody, um, and it's not as necessarily. Um, you know, I think a lot of people think it's a lot easier than it really is, and especially in the sales world, it's so common for you know high performing sales reps. To get promoted into leadership roles, you know, mm-hmm. well before they're ready, uh, without in without any real training on how to manage people, which is a very different skill set than being a great seller, right? Um, knowing how to sell and you know, train people on how to sell well is one thing, but to actually manage and nurture uh, and Provide support um, and and lead people to do great things is you know very different skill sets and so a lot of mistakes that I made and a lot of you know uh, early sales leaders make is thinking everybody should do the job the way I do it right and that there's this one size fits all way to managing people or you know leading people to success and it's and you'll quickly find out that that's wrong. And, you know, hopefully you don't do it at the expense of people, right? Because if you're learning on the job how to manage and lead people, that can be very messy.
0: Well, what are the biggest mistakes that you made that shaped you as a leader or is really where you are today?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think think the two things that stand out, and I think, you know, any sales leader can probably been through this or anybody who's maybe an aspiring or up-and-coming <clears throat> sales leader or maybe new sales leader, <clears throat> can help maybe avoid making this mistake. But the, the first thing is exactly what I talked about, right? Don't think that what worked for you is going to work for everybody. <clears throat> people are very dynamic people. What motivates them is different. They have different whys, they have different learning styles. Um, you know, so understanding that And even just the psychology of people and different personality types and things like that all come into play on how to lead people differently. Uh, So, you know, not thinking that, you know, how you got the job done or what works worked for you is necessarily going to work for everybody on your team. I think that's, you know, uh, that can lead to a lot of uh, mistakes, uh, just that way of thinking in general. And then the second thing is, is, you know, I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with in sales roles and as sales leadership roles or any leadership role, it really is, is, is recruiting, you know, hiring and training people. It's a mm-hmm. very challenging task and trying to do it on your own, um, and not having, you know, valuable resources that you can tap into. if you know, maybe that's a mentor or somebody who's done it before that can help you, uh, you know, Help save a lot of time, a lot of frustration and avoid making a lot of mistakes because <clears throat> just knowing what to look for when you're recruiting people is challenging, how to hire the right people, how to you know, ramp up or train those people. Um, you know That's a pretty big, tall order for what one person to take on that's never done it before.
0: I'm very curious because we're deeply passionate about exceptionally gifted talent. Who cares? So It's not just you can be gifted, but really have that, that, that area. And so you talked about uh, uh, how you, one piece is how you attract and then how you assess and then how you develop. So there's several different elements here. If we talk about the assessment piece first, how do you recruit? Uh, uh, how do you know that when you bring, when you have people to your team, they have the potential or they are already great. What is your kind of a uh, uh, way of assessing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it, I like to start that process out a little bit differently than most people would, right? A lot of people look at resume, job history. <laughs> they get into like skills, experiences, stuff that frankly, initially doesn't matter as much as hiring the right person, right? And so in the beginning of the hiring process, I'm much more interested in getting to know the person, you know, what are some things that motivate them? What are some, you know, challenges that they've overcome personally and professionally? What's their story? Um, you know, have they dealt with any sort of adversity in their life? You know, things like that uh, where I'm looking for exceptional people, right? Cause teaching people sales or how to be better at sales, that part is easy finding people that are resilient that are, you know, honest, good, you know, transparent, um, you know, people that want to do big things uh, and go far in life in general. That's the hard part. And so you're looking for those diamonds in the rough. Right. And so in the initial, you know, uh, the initial process of screening people is uh, I don't talk any about job experience. I don't look at resume. I don't do any of that. I might browse their LinkedIn profile briefly right? Um, But I'm really trying to get to know the person. And that process kind of looks like asking them a lot of questions. I'm not talking much. I'm asking them questions. A couple of things. See, how do they handle sort of the pressure of getting a lot of questions in a short period of time? You know, are they, and there's certain things that I'm looking for, right? Are they feeding me the answers that they think that I want to hear? Or are they being open are they being honest? Are they being vulnerable, right? Have they dealt with anything that's challenging, maybe personally, professionally? And if if they did, what is that? How did they work through it? What did they learn from it? You know, things like that. So, and it always kind of throws people off, uh, especially, you know, candidates, because they're like, well, this is not what I expected, right? They show up to the interview thinking, uh, we're going to talk about, you know how i made president's club at my last job or how i got you know promoted from a sales development mm-hmm. rep to a you know senior enterprise ae in record time uh or how i you know hit my quota you know 23 of the last 24 months uh they they expect to talk about those sort of things mm-hmm. um and so quickly people can deselect themselves by just you know uh, it's easy to detect when people are feeding you the answers they think you want to hear, or they're not being fully honest, or maybe they're holding back something. Um, obviously, you got to make it, you know, comfortable for them, and you know, people aren't going to tell you their whole life story in the first fifteen minutes you meet them, but some will, and a lot of times those are very exceptional people.
0: Well, if you we talk about sales, and I'd love to hear what is the main thing that has changed over the years in sales, if anything. If you think about it but before we get to that um we hear different roles in the sales organization so putting in the sales leadership hat and some organizations like to break down the sales of origination to um, sales to business development to really uh, different areas some of them are account managers the other ones are hunters um do you have a way that you break that function or are you looking at a full 360 sales salesperson
1: i mean it 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 depends um depends you know what you're selling who you're selling to um you know what your sales process looks like Uh, so there's a lot of variables there of kind of Mm -hmm. determining um is it full cycle sales rep the right answer for building my sales team breaking out the functions could be um, the right answer or a combination of both and so you know a lot has changed especially with you know tough financial times major layoffs especially in tech where you know uh, there was a lot more resources of the sales function being broken up where Many sales development reps, you know, supporting, uh, you know, a handful of account executives. Now, you know, a lot of those resources have been cut back. So less sales development reps, Uh, a lot of people starting to shift towards focusing more on quality than quantity, right? For a long time, people have just been playing this more and more and more game, right? We just need more leads. We need, you know, which means hire more people and, you know, make more calls, send more emails, you know. Uh, more opportunities, but we're only winning twenty or thirty percent of them in the mm-hmm. first place. and so a long time people have been playing that game, and people are starting to take a step back and realize, well, hey, we don't necessarily need more leads. we just need to get better and effective at working the ones that we have and making sure that we're working with the right ones. So a lot of stuff is starting to shift and sort of shuffle around of you know what a sales team you know looks like, you know do we outsource certain functions like sales development? Uh, do we have a combination of in house um, you know people versus outsourced people? Um, you know Do we put a little more emphasis on our account executives uh, to self source and prospect some of their own deals? Uh, do we start to change our strategy to more of a land and expand meaning great we need we we need to just focus on getting our foot in the door at whatever level that is and then have some strong support on the delivery and cs side knowing that our strategy is to you know get our foot in the door and expand those accounts that we win uh so a lot of things are changing you know on those fronts
0: that is um i'm just trying to put myself into the shoes of a uh... Uh, those scale ups let's say that they're like the tech is a good good example but not only uh and we see them also in products we see them in services um and maybe we let's focus on uh, those uh, scale ups that service you know saas for example or technology or any any other service that is being um sold and um as a founder when often founders do not have a lot of experience with sales i mean Sometimes they do, and they founded the company. And and uh, but I see sometimes people with tech tech background founded a company, but they not don't know how to how to structure a um, how to set up the company for success from the get go. So it's like if there was yeah. a really a a roadmap, if that makes sense, of, of a certain things that needs to be in place. Um, what would be your advice to such audience? So they're founders, they're not expert in sales. They understand, of course, the, how critical is sales, but they would like to bring a person who can set this up for them. So that means it's sometimes difficult because you cannot hire the sales leader from the get-go. You, you may need to hire a sales leader, but it needs to be also a sales quarter person. So it's like... You know, you gotta be a single quarter carry person that has the ability to scale up the sales organization. Hire other people. Um, what would be your approach to to such situation like this? You've you founded a lot of companies as well, I understand. So, how do you approach that when the company is at uh, at this stage?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a tough question to answer because there's no single answer right? It, it, the, the real answer is it depends. And I know that answer sucks, right? Because um, there's some things you got to look at, right? Do you hate selling, right? Or mm-hmm. are you open to pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone to learn a new skill that's essential to the survival of your business, right? And if the answer to that is yes, maybe it means getting a coach, getting a mentor, getting a consultant, you know, or just, Eating and gobbling up every free resource that you can get your hands on uh, to become better at the skill of selling yourself as a founder. Uh, right? That's one path. Right? If the answer is no, and you're like, sales just scares the heck out of me and I don't want to have anything to do with it. I'm a technical person, I'm a product person. Like, please don't put me in a sales role. It's the quickest way I'm going to go out of business. Maybe that's your answer. Um, maybe you should go instead of saying, "I need a sales leader. I need a, you know, um, a sales leader. You know, part player, part coach." Uh, instead of going that path, which is an option, maybe it's finding a co-founder, a mm-hmm. late co-founder, or a co-founder that can sell. Uh, you know, selling is essential to the survival of your business because even if you have the best service or you have the best product. If you can't sell it, guess what? Nobody cares. You're out of business looking for a job. So, um, those are a couple different options, right? I think a lot of times people hire sales leaders too often. And the problem is sales leader is more expensive, right? Maybe you just need an individual contributor. Maybe, you know, you need somebody who is a great individual contributor. That's, you know, um, had some success in early stage, you know, startup type of environments before, that could be a great first hire that, you know, has experience in prospecting and, you know, closing deals and kind of can, you know, play those two roles uh, that can maybe be molded into a sales leader. You know, I just think it makes no sense to get a sales leader until they have a team to lead. (laughs) Um, And so those are a lot of different options, but it highly depends on kind of where you are, what, uh, you know, what some of your answers to those questions are.
0: Um, there's a, a few questions that come in in my mind in, in this because sales is you're absolutely right it's uh, uh, essential I often feel that when I talk to people at various level whether it is CEOs or different business leaders sale when you say sales and and even the word sometimes has negative charge mm-hmm. so, yeah. And I, I, I also have my own really um, view on this. But uh, um, if you really care about your customer, about your product, about the the, the who you're helping on the other side, technically speaking, um, you don't necessarily sell anything. You help, you serve, you solve a problem. So. I, I don't know what's your view on this, um, and uh, what role does care play into
1: sales? Yeah, uh, you're you're absolutely right. You know, sales has a bad reputation, right? And hmm. it comes down to you know, many people at some stage in their life have had some sort of bad experience with somebody in sales right that could be from buying a car uh you know to somebody cold calling them and being pushy and you know uh things like that or even as a young kid maybe their parents sharing their own experiences on them right Uh, sales is one of the professions that you know people you know don't trust and so but there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of good work to try to change that right and so if you are selling and over pushy and salesy and manipulative and dishonest and a lot of these things that people associate with salespeople, uh, then yeah, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be hard, and it's going to be one. It's going to be something you're like, yeah, that's not for me. Um, but you're right. You know, doing sales right means helping and serving um, and doing good work for people, and you know that. Is a different breed of salespeople that isn't as commonly known or accepted by people yet.
0: How do you call those people? Is it business development? What is the right way to 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 name them? Because if you say it, sale, You know, the way in my mind in in link, linking to the negative charge is like I'm selling something that I don't believe in. A type of thing, you know, like actually, whereas it's not always that you know the case because you are you're actually making people aware of something that can solve their problem or they can help them so I'm just trying to think of a um a way of uh, um expressing the the word sales in a in a most representative way that that really for those type of people that you mentioned those that really care about their customers and what they do
1: yeah i mean the the tough thing is is it's still sales. Right. Um, and, and you see a lot of times people changing their sales title to consultant yep. and um, uh, different things. Right. You know, technology advisor or, you know, uh, things like that, trying to hide the fact that like I'm not in sales, but ultimately you are. And if you think about it, we're all selling. Right. Even people not in sales roles. Right. You're selling your ideas. To your leader you're selling your opinions or preferences of you know where you want to go out to dinner tonight with your spouse or you know mm. uh or you know what the best you know trip is for you and your friends or whatever we are all selling uh in life uh, whether you admit it or know it and so <clears throat> why shy you know away from it or try to hide it uh own it and do it differently you know, if you think sales is a, um, you know, a, a something that gives you that negative, you know, energy, well, be different, right? Uh, the things that you don't like about people in sales do the opposite, right? And so, and, and buyers are smart, right? Buyers are extremely smart these days. They're well, much, you know, much more informed than they ever used to be. There's transparency with, you know, the internet and online and reviews and and things like that. So it's a lot harder to get away with some of those tactics that, you know, the older maybe generation of sellers, you know, used to be able to do and have built this, you know, negative charge that people um, expect from salespeople. Uh, Usually by the time a buyer even reaches out to a salesperson, they've already done a lot of research, right? Mm -hmm. They've already, you know. They've already decided that this is how they're going to solve a particular problem. And they've already narrowed it down to a couple of options based on the reputation that maybe those companies have online. And so a lot has already been done by the time they're ever actually, you know, talking to a salesperson uh, because of that fact.
0: Very interesting. And uh, you're absolutely right because the the technology enables us to do a lot more research, a lot more Um, checking, background checking and uh, talking about the sales function and uh, you previously said that uh, the hardest part of cold cold calling is willingness to get on the phone. Um, How can the first time timers, let's say people who are getting into sales overcome this uh, and and the prospect of rejection?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think part of you know, part of sales um, you know, prospecting specifically is learning how to deal with objection and not take it too personal, and getting to a place where you can sort of detach from the outcomes, right? Because there's going to be many times where you lose. Um, the hardest part about sales is when you do everything right and you still lose, right? Because we want to know. What did I do wrong? Uh, what could I have done differently? What could I learn from this uh, loss or opportunity? And sometimes there's nothing, right? Because uh, when you're in sales, like you know, you, you, you lose for a number of different reasons. You could lose to a competitor. You could lose because the budget for solving your pro- the problem that you solve went to something else totally unrelated to what you do. Uh, or you lose to the fact that your buyer decides we're just going to do nothing, right? We call that losing to the status quo, right? And then there's even another option where, you know, buyers are overwhelmed and essentially end up in this place of indecision where they just do nothing. And it's because buyers are, you know, have maybe made decisions before that didn't turn out well and they're too scared to make the wrong decision, so they do nothing. And we call that losing to indecision. And uh, as as a seller, it's your job to help them make a decision. That decision could be with you or maybe not with you, but that should be your job as a seller if you really want to help and serve your clients. But to kind of tie it back to like cold calling specifically, I know because there's kind of a two-part question there, the best way you can learn is by through experience. Don't overthink it. Just jump in, get into action, and learn through the experience of making mistakes.
0: Wonderful. Um we are living in a world where more and more technology and AI is really uh getting into our lives in in a big way. And uh does AI pose a threat to the st- to sales talent, and, and what is the future of sales look like with in the context and with the technology and the AI tools that we have available?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I like to, you know, this is a common question that, that comes up, and everybody is thinking about, you know, AI is here. Uh, it's very powerful. Everybody has maybe seen that by now, whether they're using it in their personal or professional life somehow. Um, many people have been using AI for A long time and maybe didn't even know it right and the thing is is it's more accessible now and the 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 thing is is that ai is not going to take your job okay but people that learn how to use and leverage ai those are the people that will take your job so Uh you either want to be those people yes or do you want to lose your job
0: great advice and uh, um, when we talk about sales um, sales excellence uh, really how, how do we interwine care
1: into the sales excellence what what does
0: that look like in today's world?
1: Yeah I I think, I think it, it kind of boils down to, to one simple thing right you either care more about helping and serving, the people that you're engaged with you know, in your sales job, or you care more about your commission. And that is the one simple thing that separates great sellers doing good things for people and helping and serving, versus people that are only doing it for their own self-serving gains. Mm-hmm. And so, and a lot of people unfortunately are taught early on in their sales career some of those bad habits Um, and they have to unlearn those and evolve as sellers. And so I think it really boils down to that one simple thing. Are you the type of seller that cares more about your own self-serving, uh, advancements, AKA your commission, right? Or do you care more about really helping and serving people? And the thing that, you know, sellers need to understand if they don't already is there's one thing that matters more than anything. And that is your reputation now, as a business owner, as a founder, as a seller. Your reputation is, you know, worth gold. And it can either help you or it can hurt you in the long term. So you might get some, you might cut some corners and get some short-term gains, but for long-term sustainability and whatever it is that you do as a founder, as a business owner, as a seller, as a sales leader, your reputation matters. And so your goal should be to everybody that you interact with at any capacity, uh, should be to make sure that they have a good experience, whether that means working together, not working together, maybe you work together and stop working together. The goal should be to make sure that they had a good experience and that they, they you would be somebody that they would want to refer people to, regardless of the outcome of your relationship.
0: Excellent. Thank you for sharing this. It's, it's so simple and common sense, but it's not very easy to do uh, often because people, as you said, can get derailed focusing on their own interest and that's obviously quite quite common what we see and that's the reason for for having these issues in sales um when you talk about um uh, the uh, serving your customers and uh I really it comes down to that um, reputation it's so important for your future what would be your advice for organization that were led in a different way let's say there was different leadership, or there was different ownership, or the, even the founders made a mistake, but they evolved over time. But that reputation has has kind of hanging over them. How could they improve, let's say, or or change a perception, a reputation that the the old mistake that made in the past? Simple, it could be as open as that because leaders evolve, people evolve. And everybody, you know, makes mistakes. So the question, if that has been the case, what would, how could they change that that perception? What what needs to happen? It's a lot more difficult than
1: starting fresh, but <laughs> it's not often the yeah. case. Yeah, I mean, look, we're all human beings. We make mistakes. We're not perfect, right? The first thing is acknowledging it, owning it, and making a commitment to yourself and others that you're going to do better, right? And actions speak louder than words right? So saying you're going to do something, you know, you know, doesn't mean anything until you actually do it, right? And so you need to show people and not tell people, right? Look, mm-hmm. I started out as a more self-selfish, self-serving seller yep. where I cared more about my commission than everything else. And a prospect was nothing other than a transaction to me. And over time, I wasn't okay with that and I had to evolve and become something different you know to do greater things. And so I think a lot of people go through these transitions and it wasn't even like you know something that I did intentionally, it just sort of happened based on the environment I was in, what I learned, people around me and so on. Um and then before you know it, um you know you've created a bit of a monster. Um and so and this is very common in sales where there's a lot of, you know, ego and, and, and bro culture and like, you know, uh, competitive people and so on. And so it's very common for these things to happen. But if you're that person that's made some mistakes, you know, that wants to do better, just start doing it and don't talk about it. And over time, you know, your reputation is something that you can build or even rebuild.
0: Excellent. That's really encouraging to hear as well. You mentioned you were that person before. How did it feel? Why did you felt you have to change? What was your inner state uh, uh, at that time? Because clearly that was a major trigger for you. That was something that yeah. you were happy with. What was? How did you realize? How did you come to that realization? Was it exhausting you? Was it? What was the feeling when you were? Yeah, it
1: was it was during my transition from from sales leader to founder and realizing that like hey my reputation really matters and it matters more than ever now and it's all that i have and you know doing what's right uh isn't always easy but that's what i need to do no matter what right And so it was that transition from sales leader to first time founder, where I really started to understand, you know, building relationships and building your network and building your reputation and building your brand, right? Your brand is not just, you know, what you post online. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. who you are online and offline and, you know, how you treat people. That's your brand. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that those things matter more than anything, if you want to be successful in life uh, and in business and taking it very seriously and you know putting that into action and not just talking about it
0: wonderful well um that way you will not get exhausted because i know people are successful using the selfish let's say uh methodology and focus but i also know that um, they're deeply unhappy and unfulfilled it's uh yeah we see a correlation uh, at least from what i observe in my own experience in the past and seeing people that could be very successful but um in selling but at the same time they they just care about a transaction and um and really that that's something which uh, um what what would be your advice to those people that maybe listening and say hey maybe that but uh, some of them may never change may not want to change but uh, if they're willing to do so um how how do they start? You know, like, uh, maybe they, they've not realized it yet, but
1: yeah, I mean, typically, I mean, most people don't change until there's current circumstances get uncomfortable enough where, you know, they kind of have to. And so, you know, doesn't always go that way, but it doesn't have to either. Right. It doesn't have to get so painful or uncomfortable or exhausting or burnt out. Um, to the point where, like, it's even affecting your mental health, right? It uh, doesn't have to get to that point, right? Uh, if you know you're feeling a certain way about uh, something, you know, you have the opportunity to change that. It's up to you to do it, right? We we are wor- our worst enemies, and we get, you typically get in our own way. So, you know, and maybe you need some help or some mentorship or some resources, and you know, just get into action and that's the best way to start to change and over time you know it will get easier uh, but you know that transitional period is definitely uh, can be challenging
0: thank you so much really for sharing those insights It's been uh, very helpful you mentioned earlier in the conversation um, things are evolving and it's not always about the quantity of how much you have how many leads you have generated uh, yes that's the most tangible way to measure the the number of sales, but are they profitable, are they quality? Um, And um, what is your take on the balance between the quantity and quality when streamlining the sales process?
1: Yeah, I mean, highly depends on what you do, right? Uh, Lower value product or service, transactional short sales cycle. Well, in that case, quantity matters a little bit more, right? Um, you know, larger value deals, um, higher ticket, you know, product or service, where, you know, spending more time with less people is what could help you be successful, right? Where in that scenario, if you try to focus too much on quantity, it actually hurts you more than it helps you. Um, So I think that the real question is how effective are you in what you're doing. And, and what that means is like, are you winning more than you're losing? Right? That's a, that then most people are not. Most people are losing way more than they're winning. It seems that, you know, over time it's become acceptable, you know, to only win 20 or 30% of the time, which seems ridiculous. Means that, you know, you're okay with losing 70 to 80% of the time. Uh, you know, that is not excellence. Right. And so, you know, there might be some things that need to change to increase your effectiveness in what you do. That could mean focusing more on quality over quantity um, or changing, you know, things completely. So I think, you know, the answer depends on what it is, what you do and and some of those factors. Uh, But the real question is, how effective are you in what you're doing? Are you winning more than you're losing?
0: Thank you so much, indeed, for sharing those. Uh, again, one one um, final point here: when it comes down to you personally, how do you take care of yourself to stay effective to serve your customers? Yeah. What is your way of, um, of recharging yourself, of growing, building
1: yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. So, uh, I'm actually really glad you asked that because um, you know. It's different for everybody, right? I'm a morning person. I'm a person of routine. Um, I'm big, you know, big into self-care and things like that. Because a lot of people think like, oh, I need to be better at sales. I need to, you know, be better at marketing. I need to skill up in my, you know, professional career to advance. Um, and to some extent, those are true, but not as much, not as important as you might think. Um, in my experience, investing in myself more personally has, what is, is what's been, what has helped me be more successful professionally. Right. So example would be, you know, I'm not working 10, 12, you know, 15 hours a day. That's not my thing. Um, that's not going to lead you to success. You know, I work eight, nine hours a day. I take off early, uh, often to spend time with my kids and my family, um, and I accomplish, you know, in, in a quarter what takes most people an entire year because I can be very effective, right? And so what that means is when I'm working, I'm working I'm very focused and I'm very focused on specific things, right, that are advancing um, and building revenue. But when I'm not working, I'm not working and I'm doing things to take care of me, which means spending time with my family, Um you know, uh, have a morning routine. You know, exercising. You know, meditating, journaling. You know, consuming educational value, um, uh, doing things like that. You know, simple things like drinking a gallon of water a day. Uh, you know, things like that. So, you know, to answer your question, the secret to success professionally is taking better care of yourself personally.
0: I um, I very much uh, relate to this, and and really. Uh... So often this is very simple, um, but it's a good reminder that uh, we should really pay attention to what we do every day and it's the consistency that makes the difference, um, that is continuous. And uh, and uh, I love what you mentioned about effectiveness, really to focus on how to improve your uh, productivity, how to improve your effectiveness is just uh, is so important uh, and, and key. Um we love this uh, this final question often to really um ask our audience and um and, and also guests here is if you are in a position to um change make make a profound difference to the world, what is one thing you would love to see from a more caring, more
1: positive world? Ah oh, man, that's a that's a tough question, you know, but I think the, the simple answer is you know just Try to respect it, you know, I think there's a lot of divide amongst people, you know, mm. for, for different reasons, you know, uh could be political, religious, you know, uh ethnicity, like whatever. There's just a lot of divide amongst people generally and it drives me nuts, right? try to respect other people's opinions and, you know, maybe just because they believe something differently than you or look differently than you doesn't mean that you can't, you know, be friends with them or respect them or not be so divided.
0: Wonderful. What a great message. And uh, that's why we say care doesn't have uh, limits and it goes above a lot of those differences, whether they're political or what are their certain beliefs and, uh, Really, thank you Um, for the audience that is listening or founders or sales leaders or even CEOs that might need your advice, help, um, and may want to reach out to you or even be part of your, your, your podcast. What is the best way to reach out to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, the first thing that people should definitely do is, one, make sure that they've subscribed to this show written a review and given it a rating and, and shared the show with their friends because you know it, it it takes a lot of work to put on a good quality show like this and consistently give back and release good content that's valuable for people. So the best way that you know listeners can show their gratitude is by doing that first. And then you know if you're in sales or a founder that sells or interested in learning about selling, uh, we do drop daily sales content on sales transformation on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. That's the best way to connect with me, learn more about Lidium, uh, or anything new and exciting that's going on with us there.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Colin. I really uh, appreciate you and giving so much insights. Blessing goes to you and your team and your family. And uh, thank you so much. And we, we wish you well in everything you do.